This is the, the uh, Careers and Development Series at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, and my name is Bill Garvlink, a senior advisor here, and with me today is Michael Levitt, who is currently the vice chairman of CDC, uh, so, uh, CDC Development Solutions, and the past president and CEO of that organization. So we're pleased to have you here with us, Michael. It's good to be here. Let me ask you one question. You've uh, worked and focused on creating uh, local private industry or private businesses in some of the more difficult countries to work in in the world. And I know in our discussions, you're positive about recent trends in economic development and perhaps even economic development in these difficult uh, environments. Could you comment on that a little bit? Well, I guess um, my optimism is based on uh, pragmatic decision-making by large businesses because as the multinationals are expanding into more and more countries as markets, not as sources of cheap labor and cheap resources as they've always done, but much more seeing these countries as future markets into which they can sell their goods and services. They recognize that if these countries do not have uh, economies that are working, that are creating jobs, creating businesses, they aren't going to be able to have uh, successful companies selling in. So it's practical for them to support activities that can help build economies. And the easiest way for them to do that without spending new money, without having to tap into their limited CSR budgets, or even having to then explain to their boards of directors why they spent so-called good guy money, is to tap into their supply chain expenditures. These companies have billions and billions of dollars in spend that go to the purchase of goods and services in many countries around the world. The fact that if they can make slight adjustments to their operations and spend all that parts of that money locally in, in countries in which they plan to operate – they can have a huge effect on these on the local economies. So since we know the comp companies are growing, they're expanding, they're moving into these countries inevitably, and that they can be more flexible in their supply chains than they used to be, um, I, I have reason for optimism, again, just based on the practical expansion of big business. Interesting. I, I have to ask you a, a question about how you got into the business. You have one of the more interesting backgrounds of, of some of the folks who have actually spent 20 years or more working in, in the, on the development side of, of international relations. As You've been a, a White House fellow, you've been a Harvard fellow, and you've been involved with uh, some film production companies that involve the Raiders of the Lost Ark and Star Wars. And then you moved into, over time, uh, the development field and working in these difficult areas and promoting uh, uh, private sector development. So it would be interesting if you could talk just for a little bit of what brought you into the, the development field. Well, some might say that working in the 
fantasy world of the movie business prepares you for international development unlike any other. Um, um, but that would be unfair. Um, but maybe true. But yeah, but with some truth to it. Um, I'll tell you one thing is in, in the movie business, even when you're successful, you're not sure why. Um, you have to learn to live with a lot of, how did that happen? Um, and as you know, that's really true in development. Sometimes when the programs we vision work out, we know they didn't work out really the way we thought they were going to work out, but right. they worked out. So do you pat yourself on the back for the brilliant strategy or do you late at night scratch your head and say, I'm half glad it happened, but how the hell did it happen? <laughs> well, that's, that's, right. that's a successful movie. Um, that's why you can end up with a lot of crazy people in the movie business because they aren't sure why they were successful and so they have no certainty that the next time they're going to be successful. Um, I, I, I would like to say I had a brilliant uh, career strategy that led me into international development. It would be nice to say it would be a lie. I must say, however I got here, I'm really glad I got here. I cannot imagine um, a happier outcome, frankly. You know, when people talk about retirement, I just say, why would, ever, why would I retire? Why would I stop doing international development um, when um, even when it gets frustrating, it's the most satisfying we get real outcomes. You get to affect people's lives. Most of the people we work with actually appreciate it. Um, you, you know, I always say I, I get paid to do what other people spend years saving their pennies so they can volunteer to do for two weeks. I get paid to do every day. So however the, the, it happened, I'm sure glad it did. And ironically, I didn't see it happening. I got headhunted for the job at CDC and um, because they saw a combination of things I had done. I had been in international business. I had been in government. I, I certainly had been in the entertainment business, but a lot with marketing, with writing, with creative stuff. Um, and I had um, been in management settings, administrative and management settings a lot. So they saw a combination of things and a little creativity. This birth of the corporate social responsibility movement. You know, we, we had a vision of how things could be done, done differently. Um, and it's not a bad idea in development to have a vision of where you'd like to go, even though it gets blurry along the way. Um, it, you know, one of the frustrating things I find is that some of our colleagues start out without knowing where they want to end. And the, I think the key to development is beginning where you'd like to end, at least beginning with an end in mind. And one of the things that's been terrific about working more, bringing the private sector into development, is that for years we were involved as an NGO with training programs in which we did a brilliant job of training people but at the end of the day, what were they, we really preparing them for? Where when you work with the private sector, 
and you say you do training programs, we know what the work is at the end of the day. We know we're training them for these contracts, um, the kinds of either very specific skills or the kinds of procurement knowledge. How do you qualify? What the financial components, the knowledge of health, safety, and environment rules and regulations. You know, can you? How do you do an invoice? Any of those sort of basic things. Um, tra- training with an end in mind, um, we find, inspires the trainees a lot more. Allows you to measure success, and is a lot less frustrating. So this sort of begin where you would like to end is not a bad motto for development. That's very interesting, and I couldn't agree with you more. Um, thank you, Michael. Sure. Thanks.